Good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Matt Arthurs with the Surviving Sticky Situations podcast, where we talk about <clears throat> the pain of existence, uh, struggles that we've encountered in our life, and ways we've overcome them. We're not a doom and gloom podcast, uh, but more of just a life podcast and out here trying to give helpful advice and, uh, well, not necessarily helpful advice. Advice kind of is when um, you have superiority over someone, um, but we're more giving what's called psychotherapy, just a genuine conversation, uh, living in the present, clearing our mind, um, and just talking about events that we've uh, been lucky enough to survive through. I have a good friend that I've been catching up with this evening. His name is Steven Derringer. What's your nickname? <laughs> Steve D. Steve D. That's um, me, I guess. Yeah, it's been a minute. How you been, man? Not too shabby. I'm just uh, holding it down in Indiana until I you know, inevitably make my move to Pittsburgh. And then future's kind of shaky as to what exactly will happen, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Definitely. So I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to um, um, want to be on the podcast. I'm not sure if you really wanted wanted <laughs> to be on it, but... Uh, no, I'm um, into it. I, uh, My schedule's not very busy these days, so mm-hmm. I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, I've recently been reading this uh, book by James Peterson, The the 12 Rules um, of Life, or The Antidote to Chaos, uh, Between Order and Chaos. Um, and you were just kind of talking about the future. I think I just wrote down a note uh, about the future. Um, you know, do you feel like your, your life is in order right now? <laughs> No, definitely not. But, uh, you know, it's definitely been less in order than it is now. Um, a couple of years ago, it was pretty out of order. And I think I've kind of, you know, pulled a couple of things together, graduated college. That's a, that was a big step. And then, uh, you know, now it's just kind of trying to find a job or decide exactly what I want to do mm-hmm. as far as a career is concerned. Absolutely. And I feel um, one thing I've read is, um, you know, facing, like, the fears and um, kind of being being really specific with, like, the words you say, too. Um, you know, courageous and truthful words about what you want your future to be like can um, re- real. render the reality, definitely. Um so keep it well defined, I guess, was one thing I read in the in the book. Would um, to reduce like the comp- complexity of um, of life. So you know, knowing exactly what you want, I guess too, which is hard. And I feel like I've been a a piece of damaged machinery that maybe even still I'm I'm been a damaged machinery to that's malfunctioned and you know if you don't diagnose your the problem then you can't fix it either you know that's a huge first step to take 
<laughs> now it seems like you got things figured out now though with like the air traffic type stuff and the personal training yeah um legit stuff yeah with with the training it's it's been pretty um difficult to be like full-time at it you know i don't feel i feel like we kind of just have to open our ears to like whatever our calling is and and like i'm real into fitness but as far as like i i don't feel like i'm gonna be able to survive off of just that you know is it is there like a clientele shortage in indiana um the biggest place there's a lot of gyms around it's yeah it's hard to get people like committed and um, consistent to it a lot of people like drop off or they they're like oh we're going on vacation and then they you don't hear from them like again how do you try to like motivate people because i know i mean i try to go to the gym consistently but usually it's like i end up taking like three month breaks and then that's like obviously a physical setback and you have to you have to gain that back um the course of some time there's like different strategies i guess it's comes down to like interviewing them like where they're at and like either like contemplating if they want to be active and um usually i just show people a picture of like a foot of that has diabetes and like what happens if you i try and put the fear of god and scare the motivation into them yeah well sometimes but uh it it just like it just depends like it's really about like prevention um and just kind of going and showing enough enough information like there's so many gym memberships out there but not a lot of people um you know are com- are committed to like working out regularly the people will sign up and they they think by just like paying their gym membership that uh you know they're that will help get them in shape but you actually have to go and i think just once you get them through the front door um kind of kind of just seeing like what what like motivates them like if you have like a sport you want to get better at or um you know like a wedding you want to look good for or if it's just like a lifestyle if you don't if you want to just feel better um i think exercise you know can help with with like overcoming like depression and anxiety stuff that like a lot of people face um it it just uh you know as as far as like motivating it it's it's just like showing people what what to do and and making it interesting and just having having fun with it without it it seeming uh like like work um but i think you know you have to eat healthy on top of it all too and it 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 just gets hard and i think like surround surrounding yourself with like positive people who want to um who are always trying to make make themselves better um you know that that helps too because if you know you're around people that are like muddy and um maybe your spouse or your significant other like doesn't care about health and wants to eat mcdonald's all the time (laughs) but you want to be healthy it just like makes it really tough to um to stay in in shape because you can work out all the time but if you come home and you're spouse has uh, mcdonald's for you then yeah you <laughs> so. right i want some mcdonald's mm-hmm. um, that's, the pro- that's the big problem that i have is like, it's like healthy eating mm-hmm. as far as like the physical fitness is concerned i'm real bad with that it's what like 
whether it's eating at work or just like I don't know sometimes after turning up to a certain extent you get pretty hungry and then you end up eating at like 1am mm-hmm. like making a making a giant spaghetti dinner and stuff like that that's obviously not good for you but oh yeah it's it's also very delicious I don't know I just can't seem to find that balance between <laughs> mm-hmm. not eating at 1am yeah but much. well you know depending on what your work schedule is sometimes you know you gotta eat late late and I don't like to like preach nutrition on on anyone because I think there's a lot of ways to um to be healthy and to say like you shouldn't eat like late at night it would be like uh it, it can never be like healthy but you know pizza and stuff and and pasta probably like the carbs, especially this time of the year with like Thanksgiving, uh, I mean you you eat so much like mashed potatoes and and gravy and all that uh, yeah. good stuff. But it's exciting. if you try and eat healthy, um, most of the time, if you're if you're like dedicated, I think even um, I guess plan planning it out to planning out your meals, and you actually save a lot of money instead of. Um, going out but would you say you're like pretty committed at this point to like getting like taking care of yourself most of the time yeah except for i mean just in like the the exercise aspect really i don't do like a ton of cardio and i don't really eat super well and i don't and i don't really sleep super well so it seems like maybe now mm-hmm. but uh i don't know i've always had kind of like sleep issues mm. like whether it's uh not being able to or like Hmm. Not getting, not getting enough, staying up too late. I see. All that. Hmm. Um. So when did you know exactly when that started? Maybe. Uh. I don't know. Probably just like after high school. I like to stay up super late, and mm-hmm. then, like, no matter with with total disregard for what I have to do <laughs> the next day. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, like a big factor, and I don't know. It kind of makes me tired all the time. Yeah, I think as like a everyone, most people don't get enough uh, sleep at night, and and solid like getting into that deep sleep too, um, is like is like really hard and maybe like if if you're, they say not to eat like three hours before bed, you know, I don't know who they they are, but usually I feel like like <laughs> eating that one a.m. pasta induces sleep. Oh yeah, they, well that actually definitely like the. But then um, carbs at night not great sleep. for digestion. Mm-hmm. I just uh, switched bedrooms upstairs, and I'm pretty excited about the new bed and possible mm-hmm. increase of quality of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they. I think like um, oil diffusers too. Like if you have like lavender and stuff, and uh, that kind of helps put you to sleep faster. Does it? But if you're just Aromatherapy type. A lot of like the bl- the blue light from TVs um, actually triggers your like awake. So it's all getting your your body to go with like your circadian uh, rhythm and um, like people in yoga like always say to like wake up at like four in the morning. If you wake up at four in the morning, then you'll have no choice but to be asleep by like nine o'clock or ten o'clock because your body's so 
tired but if once you get past that like 10 30 p.m your body like goes into like its second wind and then you don't even feel tired again till like one or two in the morning um and i think that there's like some science behind that too um second wind mm -hmm. have you tried any like supplements at all for um like sleeping or like uh, natural remedies or i mean it's not so much of an issue now since i i work like every weekday at 11 a.m and that's obviously not an early time to get up but once i like when i was on my internship and i had to get up at 5 30 every day i definitely there were some nights that i used like some some equal and that type of stuff i tried melatonin but that kind of seemed like I don't know, there weren't really, like, super noticeable differences. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Um, it's kind of like a placebo effect, I it think. It seems like it, at least. With, like, the melatonin. I don't know with, like, Z-Quil. I know when I take, like, NyQuil and I wake up, I feel like it's really hard to wake up in the morning. But I don't know if it helps. It probably does help you um, sleep faster. It helps you go to sleep. Unless you, like, accidentally drink even the slightest bit too much and then I feel like it just keeps you up mm -hmm. definitely <clears throat> um, inconsistent it's like the melatonin I know if you have like jet lag and stuff it can kind of help but a lot of times when you put that external source of like melatonin in I don't think your body can like utilize that like right away um, so if you're like expecting it to like work right away it, it might take like a a while um it to kick in that's probably why i thought it was like a placebo or something mm -hmm. like gaining like the tolerance to like the um zequel and stuff too can uh be pretty um pretty hard on your um maybe your immune system and and stuff as well probably usually it was just like and when you have a test the next morning mm -hmm. like an emergency type situation Mm -hmm. Or just like, I don't know if I was up especially late before the internship. But definitely not like a regular thing because I think that shit's expensive too. Do you feel like you like remember your dreams a lot? I don't usually, but I remember there's this like, I don't know. Every time I have a dream, it's like the same thing where I'm like, I'm trying to get away from something and I never know what it is, but I'm like trying to run. And, like, as I go faster, I start, like, lifting off the ground, and I'm, like, bounding, but it's still not, like, making me go super fast. So it's, like, an ineffective way of running away from whatever problem that I have, but it's just, like, I just bounce around, and it's <laughs> kind of fucking annoying, because you're trying to, like, I don't know, you're mm. trying to go, but it's more like being on a trampoline. Mm. Do you, um... Do you feel like sick at all, like like or physically well? Is your health pretty? You pretty good health, right? Like overall. Yeah, yeah I would say so. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's just this. I have no idea. I've never had an experience with like a recurring theme to my dreams before. But the last like probably ten that I've been able to remember have been like that. Mm. I don't know. This. I mean. I just don't really remember a lot of them. It's pretty rare. Mm -hmm. for me like maybe once a week or something like that mm -hmm. so yeah a lot of it maybe is like what you think of like right before you go to sleep or 
Um, do you play like a lot of like video games right before bed or anything? I've actually been been off that video game kick for a while. Mm. I, I play them super rarely and usually just with other people like GameCube, Mario Party type stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got the uh, Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah, I I'm excited for the new Smash Brothers. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I, uh, I play that sometimes too. I still haven't found a worthy opponent. <laughs> it's too good. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. If if like if Zed's listening to this at some point in the future, or like John Lennon or something, there are some worthy opponents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 good at brawl. That's about the only one. Oh, that's I'm probably the worst at that. Mm-hmm. But now there's I mean there's no real video games before bed. Yeah. It's just a weird phenomenon to have, like, happen to you. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's probably some, like, psychology into that, like, maybe. For sure. Um, Do you give any, any like, validity to dream interpretation type stuff? Because I really don't know anything about it, but I know that it's a thing, like. I haven't, like, studied it a whole lot. Um, but I think, I think, like, if you really were, um concise about like what you've seen in your dreams I think you could like connect it to like what's happening throughout your day I think I think a lot of I think we're dreaming right now I think life is a is a dream whether you're awake you have like the awakened world that's like your dream and then the the sleep world that is like you're also a dream like there's no way to know if you're like going into like a parallel universe when you when you sleep and it's it's hard to I think that's why it's like hard to remember um your dreams and stuff too it's kind of crazy it's like I don't know sometimes dreams feel super real and this might be a dream that feels super real mm-hmm. is that like kind of like that's trippy <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know I guess we'll never know I, like stress like maybe if you're like going through like a new job or something or um certain like stressful in, um, situations can like trigger those like new dreams or like deja vu and stuff you know I know I've had uh, moments of like I've had I maybe remember a dream back or I'll have like the same dream that I had like back when I was 12 but as far as like interpreting that like I would like to maybe I know there's books out there and like the Native Americans believe that um, a lot of dreams can be like meaningful and um, maybe help you. I also think maybe um, whether you live in like a like a house that's uh, that's haunted, maybe like that can like having like a different. I don't know if you believe in ghosts, but like different spirits that are like roaming around your house. Because there's times where I've been maybe staying somewhere. I'll wake up in the middle of the night in this like new place and just like it'll be like the middle of the night and uh, wake up like sweating and like maybe just feel really uneasy after like a certain certain dream and um, but I think it it goes with how much how worn out your body is to um, can maybe like trigger these certain um, you know whatever if you go to sleep and you have like a high cortisol level or or something like you're 
maybe your your body's just off balance and like can trigger these like other repetitive dreams and I don't know I'm not saying my answer is right or anything but I've also seen like people like sleepwalk who have um, just like maybe had a really stressful day and their body just like is like still going while they're sleeping and it's actually a really that's a really scary thing to witness when Someone's you wake up and someone's standing at the end of your bed. Oh my god. And uh, That's some horror movie type stuff. Uh-huh. I've seen so many horror movies. <laughs> Paranormal activity. They just they just stand there for hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like I don't not believe in ghosts, but I have never had an experience. Mm-hmm. I've well I mean I've seen like things out of the corner of my eye, but I've always like attributed it to my like my own mind. Like I make I make something up in my peripheral mm-hmm. or something like I've, I've never, I've never seen anything crazy like that. What do you think? Do you do you think ghosts are real? Um, from like other people who have like told me stuff, I've only had like one, maybe profound experience that I was like, it could have just been a coincidence. But um, like where my mom lives, I always thought that that place was a little bit weird. Isn't that place kind of like new? I mean, it's weird because it's like circular, but yeah, I mean, it never it never seemed old to me. What what happened? Well, like a fire alarm went off one day. I like walked in, and uh, I I do think that like when people have had like troubled lives and they they pass on, maybe their body hasn't gone into like that next that next world. But there's also people that think or scientists that think that like objects that are old like might have memory in them and um I don't know just like certain you know nothing more than like a book like falling off a shelf at like a weird time or or anything but I've heard of other people they say like between the hours of like 3 and 4 a.m like is when like a lot of like that spiritual realm is is like close closer to the the like living realm but like they make so many of those like ghost hunting shows that are complete like bs but i yeah, think they're so funny though <laughs> yeah they probably are like wait for this they're gonna we're gonna sh- show you something like they're any, so corny yeah um but i think uh i think like yeah like seems like some people have had like pretty valid experiences that are like unexplained i haven't really had like a super um valid one Uh, but there's like really there's definitely some like haunted places and like you should never mess with like evil spirits or like those ouija boards like that that stuff is definitely real like i mean like what is the best thing that could happen if you fuck with a ouija board oh nothing great Oh no, it's <laughs> the downsides. Are, it just makes sense to not mess around with it. Yeah. To me, I don't know. Even as someone who doesn't like necessarily believe in ghosts, or I'm like a ghost agnostic, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to consider me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just makes sense to not do that. Like, yeah. I'm just asking to get fucked with. Oh, definitely. Um. Yeah, and, like, some people have, like, seen... Like, to see, like, visuals and stuff is, like, a whole nother thing. Um, but, like, there's just... There's definitely, like, those places that are, like, super haunted. Like, Gettysburg, like, that have been 
when like have experienced like a lot of deaths i think places like that are like truly have spirits there whether they're gonna like actually mess with you or not that's crazy but that's probably true then there's also um there's also places out uh this one guy i know he has a place um that was like made like a couple hundred years ago and it's like a mansion kind of and it's like it's like very when he bought the place like it was there was a lot of like indians that came and like you know did like certain like sage like sense in it and stuff because it was also on like a battleground where a lot of people died and um he's said stuff like he's like certain things have been like wake he's waking up now you know you know he's woken up and like like something moved or something but nothing like that crazy but also it seems like some people experience things um when they're like messed up on something too so are you like were you just like so drunk you don't remember or did like there actually be like a spirit that moved things in your house i don't know (laughs) yeah probably just being hammered i don't know but that a burial ground or a, a battleground and a mansion those are like the two most haunted ideas <laughs> i can't believe you can't build a mansion on a burial ground like build a regular house and then build a mansion somewhere else but you can't do both it's mm-hmm. like that's too much mm-hmm. that's overboard now i was reading like a book recently <clears throat> on uh the yeti it wasn't on the yeti but it was like about this guy like going on um like a big adventure in like the himalayas and uh he was looking for the snow leopard and in nepal where it's like where the himalayas are there's like a lot of um of uh people experience maybe seeing the yeti there's like only a couple well documented pretty much we've seen like the yeti's footprint or whatever but basically the one guy was like probably a bullshitter that, that came up with it. But for the most part, the Nepal government actually has a law out where you're not allowed to like kill the Yeti. There's only like one guy in Nepal who's allowed to like, who has a license to kill the Yeti. But basically- He has a legitimate license to kill Yetis? Yeah. Wow. They think that, cause there's so much, if you look at the world, like there's so much um, especially in like areas like that that are uninhabitable to most um, cr- creatures, but they think it's like some sort of bear. Like the yeti is like some sort of bear that scientists just don't have on like record. Yeah, we keep like finding more and more new species every year. So why would there not like? There's definitely probably some big type of shit like that. That yeah, Loch Ness monster or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, there might even be some dinosaurs left. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah. Did you see the movie The Meg? Nah. That... <laughs> um, with Jason Statham, the the documentary about the megalodon. Nah, is that? That was it. Was like it was funny? Movie. Yeah, it was like it's like Sharknado on know, that like level. But like they had to have tried harder than Sharknado, right? Yeah, it came out a couple months ago, but yeah, oh, so it's it's at least probably got some decent graphics or whatever. Yeah, it's it's like BS, but the idea that there could be um, those creatures 
like some big sharks or whatever Giant deep squid. in the ocean. I was just reading 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Okay. Giant squid in that. It's like mm. in a submarine. Yeah, I remember seeing like a movie on that and stuff. And that actually happened. That was like real, right? Like 20 or the. No. Is that, I mean, wait, what's it about? It's It was about um, in like the 1860s. This, this scientist who. The, this thing keeps sinking ships mm-hmm. and shit like that. Um, and they think it's like a giant sea monster. So they go to chase it and it ends up being a submarine and it like destroys their ship. This is all, it's all happens in the beginning. So I'm not like ruining the story or anything. Mm-hmm. And then they get like captured by the submarine. And then it's just like them kind of, they're treated pretty well, but they're like trying to escape. But they just go on like a bunch of different adventures and. I don't know, the guy who runs it is kind of like a bad guy, but he's like, relate. he's super relatable, obviously, because it's like a decent book. But yeah, there's some, there's some giant squid and other, like, undiscovered sea creatures. But it was, it was like super accurate because it depicted this like giant submarine before a giant submarine like that was like in existence. Oh, wow. Like submarines that actually existed at that time are pretty small and like overall shitty. Mm-hmm. But you know, twenty years after that, they were pretty. I mean, not comparable because that one was super fancy, but like definitely on the right track to becoming that huge. And like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of crazy, like how you can predict stuff like that in a book. Yeah. But but on the flip side. Uh, the scientist, as they were going through, like, some coral reefs and shit, was talking about how, uh, like, there would be, uh, it would, like, bridge a gap in between these islands, and they would all form one giant island, and it's, like, it was, like, him trying to predict the future again, but now the coral reefs are, like, dying, so that's definitely not gonna happen, which is sad, Mm -hmm. but, um... I don't know, it's kind of like two sides of the same coin. Like you can predict things well, and then you know you can't really count on us annihilating the environment mm-hmm. from an 1860s book. Yeah, wait, who was that again? Charles Dickens? Jules Verne. Jules, Jules Verne, okay. Awesome. Yeah, with the... Is the coral reefs, like, they're not totally done. They're just... No, it's just they, like, some come, of them are They say they're dying. coming back. Are they? Some of them. Oh, shit. That's but, good. I don't know if that was, like, a thing. They can, like, come back. But even, they've been finding in, like, I just read this earlier, like, in freshwater um, fish in the Amazon, they've been finding, like, traces of, like, plastic in it. So, like, whatever, we're definitely polluting. And, like, I think the worth goes in, like, cycles. And when you look at, like, we used to... Um, <clears throat> be worried about uh, putting a hole in the ozone layer but like the past 10 years have you really heard anyone like worried about the, that the ozone layer is actually healing I think yeah which is crazy to think about so like humans give themselves like too much credit too I think like we're we think we're like just totally messing everything up and we are but there's there's ways like the the earth can like heal and I, I don't know maybe it's, I taking think it's, us it's out. naive to think that we're more powerful than the earth yeah exactly I don't know if anything I, I feel like the earth would because these destructive things have happened before like the you know, ice age and stuff like that 
the conflict that led to the dinosaurs, which wasn't really the Earth or anything, but it does kind of follow these like destructive cycles. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of crazy how, like every year, there's there are more and more natural disasters of every kind. Like f- there's more wildfires, there are more hurricanes. Yeah. I'm not about like tornadoes or whatever. Oh yeah, there's I saw, there was some crazy tornado in Dodge City or something. It was a huge. People were like driving and like these people. I want to meet these people that like drive into tornadoes. Storm chasers. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not into that. Why? Like, why would they do that? Well, <laughs> I mean, science, science, I guess, or adrenaline. I think yeah. I think when life gets too boring, it uh, it, it's yeah, it's draining. Like, I think life. If if you become too safe, like, same thing. I was actually just reading this with like skateboarding um and i'll cite this from james peterson's book um where is my page so his rule number 11 in his book the 12 um rules for life is do not bother children when they're skateboarding and i like connecting it to skateboarding because i love skateboarding but um you know people skateboard down these like handrails like without like if they put like pads on it would like take away from how dangerous it is so i mean i'm not i'm not like a crazy good skater or anything but uh i I think that yeah i'm not i'm not bad but i I, i'm good enough to have fun but i think you know you also find safety in being confident enough to survive those sticky situations um and you're used to some like at least some element of danger Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, you have to triumph triumph over the the da- danger. Um and if if things become too safe then people find a way to make it more dangerous. It's like you some know, people s- don't. <laughs> some people who are super into monotony. Yeah. And uh, just like playing it safe, which is I don't know, it's kinda one of the reasons why I wasn't super into the major. Mm-hmm. Like enforcing safety, I don't know. Right. And that's cool, like you're safety science major, you're graduated, but you don't have a safety science job because you're thinking that you you just don't wanna you don't wanna be the you were saying earlier like the rat or the uh, like the yeah, the learned? the one who like I said I think I said the workplace narc. Okay. Which the it workplace kinda, it's narc. kinda like that. But uh, I don't know, just like being the guy who's like enforcing all the rules kind of makes you seem like a huge square and like I don't know you can mm-hmm. if some shit hits the fan you could like go to jail and stuff and I don't know and everybody from my experience like on my internship it seems like everybody kind of hates you or at least doesn't take you seriously mm-hmm. um, and plus it's, it's like I don't know sometimes uh, I enjoy the fact that at, at the restaurant I get to work with people who are at least close to my own age. Like, I don't know, I'm kind of, it seems like I might be getting kind of old at 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone else is like 19, 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like working with people my own age and that, that kind of demographic at that, with that major is, is more like middle-aged uh, men. Mm-hmm. They're probably predominantly white, at least in this area. Uh, <laughs> So it's like a safe... Super conservative. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a it, everything about it is just too it's it's overly safe so what what do you feel like you um everything about it screams nasty <laughs> right so you you seem like you have some da- dangerous dangerous <laughs> tendencies or else you would have uh you know maybe settled for that right yeah i mean yeah pretty much i mean it's just it's like you said with a it just gets boring I don't know, like doing the same thing mm-hmm. and then never like going on an adventure in the woods or like, I don't know, mm-hmm. turning up on a, on a Tuesday Absolutely. or some stuff like that. It just kind of adds some flavor to the mix. Mm. Gotcha. <laughs> so what are, what do you feel like is um, Steve D as far as like, a, I feel like a lot of jobs are like half probably a 50 50 you know you can be sitting like at a desk and be like a lot of sedentary monotonous work or um there's you know there's tons of stuff that isn't too you know you could be dangerous have like a dangerous job or i guess that's that's another thing i don't think that i want a job that is dangerous (laughs) <laughs> because of my dangerous tendencies outside of work. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that, that working working with something monotonous like office work wouldn't be the worst type of job because it's something that's like super easy to do well. It's like not you can't really, you know, fuck up that badly mm-hmm. as an office worker. But it's just I think that that when you do boring stuff like that, it makes the workday seem like it takes, you know, four times longer. Mm-hmm. I think that it'd be really cool if, well, I, I originally went to school for history, but there's, I mean, that's a shit job market. I'm just super interested in that type of stuff. But also, um, I don't know, I'm just really into, like, the sciences, like, in general, like astronomy and biology and that type of stuff. And I think it would be cool to do something in that, but I think it's also super hard to, like, there are a lot of super obscure science jobs. Like, you could get a job dissecting, like, feces or something, mm. <laughs> some weird stuff like that, and I think that probably the super desirable ones are the, the ones that are taken most often. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe if you got, if I got a job, like I was saying earlier, if, as, like, a, like a hands-off, tech type of thing in the medical field that wouldn't be too monotonous mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be it, I mean it wouldn't be super lucrative but you wouldn't make like no money and then I could you know, continue being as dangerous as I wanted in my personal life mm-hmm. yeah I think it's interesting where like other country like I think New Zealand did like a, a study where they found like people who had like three or four day work weeks were like happier and um, able to like you're doing more stuff so even if you like maybe have that like little bit of monotonous but only have to do it like three or four days a week you still have like the other three days of the week to like be a little bit dangerous right plus if i if i gave people x-rays then that kind of would include a scientific element but mostly i just kind of enjoy researching that type of stuff on the computer just like Mm -hmm. On like Reddit, there's this thing called Ask Science, and people just ask like weird questions. And mm. Scientists like go on there and answer them. And it's kind of, I don't know. 
you don't find anything useful. It's just random facts that mm-hmm. you never ever have a chance to you know, talk about. But yeah, I think it's fun. Yeah, there's a lot of really um, weird stuff out there. Like <laughs> there was something where like this guy, there was like a whole book on this basically about like weird science questions, and they actually like figured things out. Like basically kind of like MythBusters stuff too, where they like. Um, could you like shoot the ground and turn it into like a jetpack or something or like <laughs> and people have like figured if you look it up people like figured it out or yeah, like that's how rockets work pretty much mm-hmm. and uh you know if you build could you build like a bridge connecting like the united states and like europe uh with like lego like if you took every lego that was ever <laughs> built these are just ones that i remember um but there's like there's like a whole book on like kind of, I don't know if that's like up your alley. But that's that's exactly the type of stuff that I look at. It's just not practical in in any sense. Like mm-hmm. no one's actually gonna build a Lego bridge, but you know can they? Like that's that's the kind of thing that interests me. Like why things are the way they are. Like how things work and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Like if I floated, if I started floating into space. Um, would I like suffocate first or like would the temperature kill me? And I think they said like the temperature would kill you uh, first, but I'm not sure. You might suffocate. Like they, but the people actually know these answers. <laughs> it like, only matters that both would be happening at the same time, which doesn't sound fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let me see where we're at here. For sure, can. <laughs> Survive that trip. That's mm-hmm. wild. Um, but what other, uh, is there anything else that you've kind of feel like you've are struggling? I mean, I guess we haven't really talked about any of your maybe personal struggles or anything you feel like you want to share with the world that might, um, that, that you were going through or have gone through that might connect with someone else that, uh, would help them, would help someone else out there going through a similar situation. Definitely. I mean, the the stickiest situations that I really, you know, like, come across in my day-to-day life are usually just, like, kind of in my head, like, whether it be struggling with, like, depression or, like, anxiety, like, self-esteem issues, um, just that type of stuff, um, you know, kind of can make day-to-day life a bummer, but there are some, like, there are things you can do to make it not so bad or better. Now, how would you describe, like, how would you describe, like, being, like, being depressed and, like, full-on depression or being anxious and, like, you said the word, like, in your head, like, would you say, like, it's, like, sort of, like, that or? Pretty much, I mean, it's, uh, it's just, there are a lot of, I mean, everyone kind of, it's different for a lot of people. Uh, like on a person to person basis, depending on like how you became like that, or I don't really, there's not like a specific event that I can attribute to the cause of it, but it just kind of, it's just kind of being like, I don't know, you can be happy like at the time, like something will happen, and then you'll be like, ha, that's funny, and you might laugh or something, but then it's like, you know, a second later, you're just back to like nothingness, mm-hmm. and I don't know, there's like, you're kind of tired all the time, even if, I mean, I know I have, like, shit for a sleep schedule, but uh, even if, 
you do get like a decent amount of sleep. It really doesn't matter. Uh, it's just kind of like draining and stuff like that. And then it kind of makes you not want to do anything or like, or it makes you want to do something a lot just so you can like take your mind off stuff. Mm-hmm. So like if you constantly surround yourself with people, even if you're like an kind of an, an introvert like I am, then I don't know. It makes it seem like you're making progress in your social life, but at the same time, you're kind of like forgetting about all of the problems that you might have or like the future issues. Mm-hmm. Like what's gonna happen has kind of been not a huge priority, just because I'm trying to like I don't know. It's like it's it's like escapism, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that type of stuff. Hmm. So when when did do you feel like you were like the most um like when do you feel like the lowest point of is in your life with that was and how far have you like come from that from now? You know, I think a lot of I think even if you're willing to accept it or not, like everyone kinda has those days. I I blame mine on like the the seasons and the weather. But also if I didn't, you know, lots of factors, I guess, but... Dude, the, the lowest time, you remember that place on Water Street, uh, when I was with, like, near and Fed? The, I think the lowest time was, I was there at some point, and I was just, like, I was ass at going to class because I couldn't get up in the morning, and then I was doing super shitty in school, and I was, like, to the point in the semester where I, like, had to tell my parents that I was, or my mom at least, because I tell her most things, like, before my dad, um, like, how shitty I was doing, like, it's Mm -hmm. kind of necessary. So I did that, um, and then I just felt, like, super shitty, and then that summer, like, after that semester, I think it was a spring semester or something, that summer was just, uh, really shitty for me, because I had had setbacks like that in college before, like, I'm either... I either do really well for a semester or I just like do terribly in all my classes. And that's why my GPA is so shit. But that's neither here nor there. That summer was just really shitty. And then close to the end of that summer, I like, uh, I told my parents and like my closest friends that I was depressed and uh, I got like a lot of support as far as that's concerned. And then since then, you know, things have never been that bad. You have, like, good periods and bad periods, but I think there have been you know, more good periods mm-hmm. than bad periods since then. But, you know, I started, like, trying to you know, take care of my body, whether it be going to the gym. Like, Morgan Morgan Sadler, you might know him, mm-hmm. dragged me to the gym a couple years ago, and then I've been going, like, a decent amount since... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just that type of stuff, like trying to read books and keeping your mind sharp. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to do that. Um, keeping yourself busy in positive ways, not just like an escapism. And then the big one for me is like, if I have a kind of problem or something, then I'll just kind of like sit on it or like avoid it. And it never gets better if you avoid the problem. Like it always, the problem can only get worse. Mm. so I found that I don't know if you kind of don't if you don't like beat around the bush and actually kind of take care of shit when you have to take care of it then I mean that seems like common sense but 
that definitely is like a huge factor in, in getting past that shit because it feels really good when you do like you know get it over with and get it out from under you mm-hmm. which is probably I don't know what that's like but I would probably equate it to like uh, being free of student loans mm. that's cool or like at least paying off a loan or like a percentage which mm. is it's, I mean it's shitty to yeah. deal with a problem but it feels better when it's over Huh. And sometimes, you know, like we were saying earlier, like diagnosing the, like knowing what the problem is first too. Exactly. Whether it be, you know, whatever you're going through, maybe like an addiction or a bad relationship, you know, you just kind of have to get to the, the bottom of it and not sweep the monsters under the carpet for them to grow into like bigger monsters. Exactly. There was even, there was definitely a time where I was like for sure depressed before I even like. I just never connected the dots. I just thought like, oh, it's like a series of shitty times in a row. Uh-huh. But I never, I don't know, it took me a while to even realize that, that that's the way that things were. Hmm. Which is also weird. Like, like you said, it's like you have to be able to diagnose it. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, you said that one summer was real shitty. Do you mind like going into depth on like what was like so shitty about or what like led you to like believe you were like depressed well i did i did know before that but i hadn't told anyone oh um just that summer after like failing a significant percentage of my classes like a lot of them should have been super passable Mm -hmm. and it's just like you realize that you just waste a ton of money and then you kind of look like an asshole for wasting a ton of money and then it's like then you have to tell your parents that you're an asshole and you kind of have to ruminate on that asshole experience. Uh, That's a big, a big thing is like rumination on your errors, like being ultra critical of yourself. I see. Um, Or like overthinking things. So I don't know. I just kind of spent that entire summer feeling like a big stinky asshole for doing shit in college. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, things kind of, I kind of turned shit around. I didn't, after that, I didn't have, a bad semester for the duration of my college experience. Mm-hmm. And I think like everyone, you know, having failures or it's like a part of life too. Like there's no one, there's maybe there are people out there who have like, you know, just been successful at everything and never had like a, a down point. But I always, I don't know, the one thing I've read said, you know, success isn't about, or yeah, about failure that it's like a part of success, you know, it's a part of becoming successful is, is failing. And I know I've, I must get, I must, I'm, I'm going to be really successful because I've been really, <laughs> I've really failed a lot of times in life, you know? Yeah. I feel um, like you got to look at that stuff as a learning experience. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, like anything, anything traumatic that you go through, whether it be like a divorce or, or any, like anything, you know, the loss of a, like a relative, a close relative, everything mm-hmm. builds character. Definitely. That's cool. Um, so, you know, what, uh, what else are you doing that you feel like is helping you put more years on your life now? Um, or anything that you feel like was shortening your life that you feel like is like not now? Um, I think that, you know, trying to keep your mind sharp at any age is really, like, a, it, it makes a huge difference. 
mm-hmm. down the road, whether it be like reading books, like I try, I mean, I don't, I definitely don't read a ton, but I try to read like a handful a year at least, or if you're doing like crossword puzzles or playing games with people that are like require logic, like games or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can help. Uh, like we were talking about physical fitness, also finding like a hobby. Like I, I learned how to play the drums, and I think that um, yeah, having out- outlets for creative expression, mm-hmm. like if you want to be a painter or drawer or something, anything like that. Now, are you like trying to create um, beats with your drum? Or? No, I mean it's just it's just you improvise a lot, whether it be yeah, just a lot of songs have the same beat, and you can just do different things in them to kind of. I mean, I'm by no means an expert. I've been playing for like seven months, so mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still like pretty much a beginner. But I don't know, just like learning new things. I think learning new things is huge, mm-hmm. and I love learning new things, whether it be on the internet or you know on the drum set or just through experience. And being able to like measure your progress too, like some people don't see like the progress that they're making in the in the gym, maybe because it's not like immediate. And um, I know I've had a lot of clients that drop off because they don't realize like how hard of work it really is to um, get get results and change your body. Like there's, but I think no matter what activity, nothing's easy to, especially as you get older, like learning new activities and getting proficient but um just being able to see your making progress and maybe getting better and just having fun with whatever that is whether it's music or drawing or working out you're feeling like there's like a a a measurement of progress and you get like a certain amount of satisfaction from that or like if you're i don't know for with me, it's like I, I try to spend a lot of time finding new music. So when I find a new song and it like, I don't know, some of them send like chills down your spine and you're like, holy shit, mm-hmm. I just found a good new music. And I don't know, I get like stoked on that. And then when you finally see your results at the gym or like when you feel like you could play a song, I think that that, you know, goes a long way toward living like a happy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Which I- is obviously like, I mean... There are obvious like health risks with depression and like self esteem issues, as far as like heart like cardiovascular shit and stuff like that, or like general dying at an early age. And I think that staying sharp and like learning new things like that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. At least so far. Definitely. So what uh what are some like, what kind of genres of music are you into right now? Do you like mumble rap? <laughs> I don't, I'm not huge into SoundCloud rap. The, most of the rap that I like was, uh, was around back when the boys were back in town and I used to hang out all the time. Like, that after, after probably 2014, I stopped listening to rap super religiously mm-hmm. and I got pretty into, like, old music. Like, from the, from the 60s to, like, the 90s, but also, like, you know, indie rock from newer days and then recently I've been super into old soul and like funk and stuff R- like and then R&B after that okay it's kind of the progression of like Motown into, into funk into disco into like obscure shit from the 80s and then into R&B from the 90s mm. yeah uh, one of my favorite 
I guess Wu-Tang, like those guys, and then um, probably like the, uh, I was listening to that one guy from Jedi Mind Tricks, I forget his name, but his name's like, you ever listen to the Jedi Mind Tricks? Not a lot, I mean, I've heard, I've heard of them, there's more than one of them, right? Mm-hmm. The main guys like I know his Instagram name's like Box Cutter Pazzy. I mean it's real it's real dark, but it's like that immortal technique type of stuff. Thing that it's like super super dark and real too. It's and really good lyrically. Yeah. That's, which is essentially the exact opposite of Memorial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um but I think uh so this'll probably it only lets me do like a an hour at a time so we're about up for your commercial break here <laughs> so we'll be back in just a second surviving sticky situations all right there uh ladies and gentlemen here we're back here at the uh, surviving sticky situations podcast with steve d hey. Hey. um so we're going into a little bit of music um i just want to throw in a couple health tidbits uh, and then we're going to talk about it. So, uh, I think it's cool how far we've come with like DNA and mapping the human genome, uh, with there's like ancestry.com there's, um, nebula genomics where you can actually go and get your DNA tested. Hey, this is a sponsor right now. They should pay me. Um, but you can fuel the research and help learn about your health genetics of disease and other traits so it's interesting how some people um, are more susceptible to like whatever diabetes and stuff Um, but you can just get that dna test now and kind of find out based on your origins what certain illnesses you're more susceptible to and that can help you on what maybe you should be eating Um, but it's even crazy because people like have uh are are able to make humans now and play god like you can have uh you know different the the big pp gene or something in humans or you know create these like super athletes um so how many people out there in like professional sports are like just being made in a lab um, and being made as like the perfect human oh, what are they already. Designer babies. Designer babies. Yes. Yeah. You can like, I don't know, to an extent, you can almost like pick and choose traits. Or they're at least, they're at least advancing like so that at some point in the future, you'll be able to like pick out traits that your child will have. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like you're not predisposed to like diabetes or cancer as much as someone else or if you just want them to have, like, blonde hair or something, I think you can do either of those, really. Which is kind of scary. As yeah. far as, like, I don't know, what if we all end up being the same? Yeah, it's like, should we be doing that? Or is it going to be, like... It's like a horror movie. Yeah, and, like, you can you can tell before you have your baby if, if they're going to have, like, these, like, certain, like, autism and stuff, and then, like, maybe abort them. You know, that gets into, like, a whole other topic of if we should or... Or should not do that, but that's a sticky situation. <laughs> should or should not uh, play God, or should or should not abort, because they're both pretty controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, we'll just not go into the, that too much. We're not about the polarizing issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But uh, what are there? You we were talking about like books and stuff. If you, I like to ask this question. If you could like tell people that like one book that they should read, you know, what's one book that has like maybe helped you out like with overcoming obstacles or just <clears throat> struggles? Um, I mean, as far as overcoming struggles, I think there was a book called. Uh, it was called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty um, famous one, right? Yeah. I read that one. It's by, I think the dude's name is Mark Manson. And it's not like, it's not, it can, I mean, when you when you hear the title of it, it kind of sounds like uh, a book that preaches apathy or something like that. Like, you just don't care about anything. But it's really about, um, like, prioritizing the things that you care about the most and, like, discounting things that, like, maybe other people think are important but it's just like not i don't know in the grand scheme of things i wish i could think of something like i don't know on, on even like since there's like background football on the tv like people who care like arguably too much about sports mm-hmm. it's like i don't know it's something that i think i don't give a fuck about because it's not like i don't know in the grand scheme of things sports really aren't important to me you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to care about the things that you care about and, like, pursue those interests and stuff. And okay. then maybe things that aren't super important. It's, like... So... Not necessarily something you think people spend a lot of time on. You think people, like, that don't care about sports will, like, just start caring about sports? Is, like a, is it about, like, a peer pressure thing? Or, like, they want to impress someone... Or like, um, you know, or is it just like, you know, what, what's, what's it, what are you going to gain from caring about sports? You know, if you look at it from like a success standpoint, like if I just like, I'm spending my day like talking about my like fantasy football team and my... I mean, I guess you could win money from that, but like, yeah, that's really the only, the only good it does you. Uh-huh. So, like, basically, like, knowing, knowing your, staying in your lane, basically. Yeah, exactly. Just be on the, like, just being true to yourself, pretty much. And, like, giving a fuck about the things that you give a fuck about because you want to give a fuck about them. Okay. That's awesome. Um, I think that one's probably the most, usually I don't read for, like, like, for self-betterment or anything like that, but I think that's probably the, like, the closest that I've come to reading, like, a... I guess a self-help book. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, what other... You were kind of going back into your um, struggle a little bit before we came back. You are saying how you actually had a funny story about when you were at the doctors or something. Oh, yeah, so when I, like, told my parents uh, that I was, like, depressed and stuff that one summer, and then... Um, they made me go to the doctor to see if there was like uh, a chemical imbalance or something like something was wrong with me that wasn't there, so there wasn't a chemical imbalance no. though? okay um, so my grandpa takes me to the doctor and uh, so <laughs> we're on our way up and the dude's name is uh, Dr. Anish which is I mean pretty pretty normal name I guess and as soon as we get into the elevator, to the first person that we see on hospital grounds, my grandpa asks the dude where Dr. Anus's office is. 
and I like I lose my shit in this elevator, and then I was like, he meant Doctor Amish, and the dude still doesn't know who we're talking about because why would he? He's the first person that we saw there. So <laughs> after that like minor embarrassment for him, we <laughs> we get to the <laughs> office, and I had been in class and like I think I had a lab all day because it was like the next semester, or whatever. So I hadn't got I hadn't had a chance to eat and I didn't really know like what this doctor's appointment would entail. So um, after I talked to the, like the primary care physician, I went to get some like tests run and the lady said she was gonna draw some blood and I was like, all right, well I've had like, you know, like finger pricks and shit, and shit like that before. But she said that she had to draw like, I don't know, like eight vials or like six, I don't know. It was, it was a decent amount of vials of my blood on an empty stomach. So I got through like four of them or whatever, and I was like, I was good to go. And then you know, five and six go around, and then you start to get like super woozy, and then it feels like you're super fucked up. And then you obviously look super fucked up because you're like, I don't know, I was, I was like drenched in sweat and like <laughs> breathing super heavily into it. And the lady was like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't think so. Um, I feel pretty lightheaded. And I came super close to passing out. And before the last vial, she, like, had to stop taking my blood. And she, like, actually went and, and she got me a snack. But, I don't know, I think it would have been pretty funny if I had, like, passed out and or thrown up at the, at the doctor's office on a casual weekday. Mm. That's something that you should probably, you should probably pregame that with some lunch. If you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna go for any reason, I don't know. Who knows? I, nobody told me how much blood they would have, they would have taken from me. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't know how prepared I needed to be. Yeah, I think I'm given blood in a couple of days. I've never done it, so I'm kind of nervous. Um, usually, every time I've tried to give blood, it's like something comes up. Donate um, for like eighteen hours beforehand. Yeah. It's a rush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what well, these? Uh, oh my gosh, does do you feel like different? Like, do you feel like? Like, once your blood comes back, do you feel, like, better or, like, more? You don't feel like you're going to pass out. I mean, it's, it's just, like, over the course of a while, it's not instant. Like, you don't feel instantly better. She had to wait. I had to... We just sat... The two of us just sat in that room after I, you know, drank the cranberry juice and ate the crackers for, like, ten minutes. Or not cranberry, apple juice, but whatever. We just sat there for, like, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. She was just waiting on me. <laughs> I think she was pissed. Oh man. She was like, Why would you not eat before this? Yeah. I was like, God, I had class. I actually went to for once. You should be proud of me. What's interesting is like blood doping too is like um like when you actually take your blood out, put it in the freezer and then put it back in because you're you know, I think your body like creates those new um oh what is it? red blood cells or the erythro it's the erythropoietin right um so you like give your own blood like extra erythropoietin and can transport more oxygen to the blood cells and basically give you like that enhanced endurance that's what uh is this an athlete thing well yeah that's what lance armstrong got in trouble for but uh. but like a lot of athletes like do that I thought that was just taking drugs. Like, when they say doping, I, I mean, I thought that that was just, like, drugs being in their system. But I didn't know it was literally, like, they take your blood out and then they put it back. Mm-hmm. So that it, like, it gives you, like, a boost. Do you just have, like, extra blood? 
Yeah, you have like extra. Yeah, the extra red blood cells to like, um, you can like basically run longer. It's it's for more in endurance sports, but um, same thing with like when you go and like do like a high altitude training, you'll uh, you you're basically doing that to your body. So when you come, you train at like a high altitude and compete at like a low altitude. It's basically like a legal way to um, like cheat, but. When you're at that like level, people um, try to perform like that. It's kind of yeah, cool. I guess they feel the need to. Mm-hmm. Is that like? I don't know. Is that is that bad for you? No, it's actually really good for you too. Uh, so it's just like it's like against edu- the rules, just just to be like fair to a certain it. level. Like I think you can do it to a certain level now, but um, like everyone was doing it, but like Lance Armstrong was the one who like got got like caught like um yeah you it's just uh it's just interesting like i think i've in every in every sport people are finding any way to enhance their their performance and that just like was one of the most famous famous ways and it reminded me of your taking blood story (laughs) it's kind (laughs) of i mean that's kind of like a scumbag move everyone feels the need to be like it makes sense because I mean, in sports, that's that's the whole thing. But there's so many things that people do to like, I don't know, get ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting too. With like, uh, like basically, there's sports now where like the people who are, well, I, maybe I shouldn't go into this, but like transgender people, like, perf- like, it's like you're a man dressed as a woman fighting other women, like in MMA or whatever. I just remember hearing someone talk about that being like, like that'd be messed up. Is that allowed? Yeah, they allow it right now. Huh. But like a lot of people are trying to fight against it. But uh, that's uh, uncharacteristically progressive of the MMA. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even watch MMA or anything, but I just I think they, why, but it may, it would make sense for that to be an issue. How is that not cheating? <laughs> In pretty much any sport, that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their guidelines are at all, though. Right. But um, that even like, I don't know, is that a thing in the armed forces too? Mm. You know, we'd have to ask Kyle Pangenis mm. about the the issues of being transgender in the military. I thought that they they allow it now. Do they? Or is it is it it's totally cool? I'm like there's. I don't know. Uh, isn't there like eighty genders out there, and that's fine. That's fine, right? Well, just don't make me. Just don't make me call you whatever. Um, I don't know. It's just I don't know. People who expect you to know, like what they go by, is the only problem that I have with it. Yeah. If I'm like sorry, man, and they're like actually, it's like I don't know how I'm supposed to know that without knowing you already. That's never happened to me, but. I think that's really the only qualm that I have about it. It's like, uh, I don't know how we're getting into this, but... This is probably a sticky situation. This is a getting into like sticky it. topics. Uh, yeah, I... Yeah, what, well, I forget what I was going to say about that now. Um, yeah. I see, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's definitely cool, just, um... 
it, it seems like you want attention, I guess. Um, and that's, that's fine. Um, totally all Everybody right. Everybody wants attention. I, I, I still have yet to like talk to anyone who's actually like this, I guess. So if there's anyone out there listening, then you're transgender. I did see one guy at the bar who was like a girl and he was dancing on top of the bar and, uh, and it, it was like really weird. Like I couldn't help but stare because I was like, what the heck? Like, I literally, I literally thought it was a girl at first. And then I saw, like, the package, like, swinging. And I was like, yo, I, I just I just would like someone to explain it all to me. Because if, if it's such a small percentage of the population, like, why are we having to change all the rules? And I, I go back to science. And I'm... I, I support I support gay I, I you know maybe I'm a little bit confused myself <laughs> yeah so I support like you it. and Mitch were saying nobody's fully straight yeah I think that's probably true yeah so I su- I support it all um, it's a sticky situation <laughs> people will do what they want yeah well uh, I guess uh, finishing up is. Uh, do you have any other um, things that you would recommend people to help, maybe habits to live a longer time on the planet, like stuff that will add years to your life? What What do you feel like will? Uh, um, I mean, I don't want to get up on my soapbox because I like to you know, get tossed as much as the next guy. But I would say just to just do things in moderation. Mm. Try to like avoid excess, whether it be like I don't know things you put in your body, stuff you eat. If you sleep too much, you'll be just as tired as if you don't sleep enough. That type of stuff. Anything is a poison if you drink too much of it. Mm-hmm. Safety science taught me that. Definitely. Even uh, I know like caffeine is like one thing I've been struggling with. Like I swear I had like a caffeine withdrawal the other day. Um, How does that go? Holy cow! It was like the roughest <laughs> thing. Like, I I like just felt oh terrible. Like, um, I I felt just got me sick, and I I didn't even think I drank. I I don't drink more than like two cups of coffee a day, but the one day I didn't have it, maybe it was just so long, and um, maybe it just took a while to add up, or maybe it was other factors. I just felt totally just sick for like um a whole a whole day like out of energy and uh just questioning my existence. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bummer. When caffeine has you questioning your existence. Yeah, and you think it's like a legal substance and like there's other things out there that are illegal that probably um don't have have you having that sort of feeling. Yeah, and the, like marijuana. The married iguanas. Um, definitely. That never has you feeling sick for an entire day. I think they see... Alcohol. And, and they say like the CBD oil and stuff. Yeah, I know some people who use that. It's Is just that... people... people the, the one woman I know from work uh, uses it for pain management. And like she used to have to take like a bunch of like Advil or whatever a day and that's like obviously bad for your insides just like constantly taking pills and now she uses CBD oil and she doesn't even need Advil because it like legitimately helps yeah well the crazy thing with that like Advil 
and ibuprofen is it's sometimes the NSAIDs or whatever will like it's like dropping a bomb in your stomach like these they're like little atom bombs to your gut lining and that can cause a lot of the uh, autoimmune disorders or it's like one of the factors where like people will take that every day and then eventually um, they'll end up with these just autoimmune disorders that um, have like what's called like leaky gut I guess how much ibuprofen does this take because I for sure take ibuprofen even just one even just one is like oh but um yeah it it can really irritate your your gut lining so I'm screwed I would stop stop it (laughs) what if I have a headache use CBD oil. No, I don't know. Then they're going to, they don't know what, they don't even know what CBD oil is going to do. They say it's a universal cure. I think that someone's out there with like, they're trying to get their stocks up. They're definitely exaggerating, but I mean, from what I've heard, it does help with some like, with like, I've had anxiety or whatever and pain management. Mm -hmm. But again, I've never really tried it, so who knows. And does that not show up on the drug test? I feel like it does and like, like minor it could like minor levels or whatever there's no there's a guarantee that they can only guarantee up to like 99% that it won't so there's still that 1% that it's that there's gonna be some other thing in there that's gonna get you a little bit 99 is pretty solid I mean nothing that you take is like 100% effective yeah all of those like after uh you see like a drug commercial and then they start rattling off like a million side side effects. Mm-hmm. It's like that's probably like a 1% type of deal because I never get, uh, knock on wood, any of these side effects. No, I'm all about the uh, natural natural medicines. I always have been. Like what? Um, plant medicines. I think, I think that there's more to it than, uh, like holistic. than tripping. Like tripping on... Uh, mescaline or uh, you think it's like uh, like psychologically effective mm-hmm. tripping I think there there has been like I read some stuff where they said that tripping is good for I think it was definitely depression and I think maybe uh, PTSD doesn't sound right to me but it was there was another one like to maybe it was schizophrenia I don't know it was like two mental disorders that that tripping was like uh, not proven but like suspected to be helpful with. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even know where where to start with this. Like, there's universities out there that are like studying um, like plant medicine and and tripping and stuff. Um, ayahuasca or DMT, like the spirit molecule. Um, it's it's like dimethyltryptamine. Um, Joe Rogan likes that one. Yeah, he always says that. And but he he also said that uh, like LSD was invented as like a way to like initiate um, pregnant ladies into having a birth or something or getting birth. I thought it was part of a mind control program. I might maybe I you know I, I don't know. I thought there was like a like a government a government program. They were trying to like see if LSD could be used for mind control, like the like in the opening scene of Pineapple Express, mm-hmm. when he smokes the weed and then they <laughs> they kill him with like the guy in the diving suit. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I picture, you know, like giving people LSD in them, in those tiny rooms, and the, the experiment fails. Illegal! Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting how, how that works. But even, um, like, magic mushrooms, um, people who have, like, come back from war and stuff, and, you know... Is that it with the PTSD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. And they've, you know, seen things. So they... There was, like, actually, I I listened to something on, like, this ex-Navy SEAL was talking about how he came back and, and did some of this, and he was able to kind of have, like, a normal life. Which, when you look at, like, one third of the mass shootings in the U.S., have been like ex-military people, um, you know. Then something they're they're finally opening their eyes to other sources. So I'm not saying I haven't been through anything crazy. I don't need to take that. But people who have done like crazy things, you might need this well, in the control from a young age. It should be available. It should be available to anyone who's um, been to war and and as a way to hopefully reset their mind and, and find who they are again and find their meaning and purpose. I think everyone should try it once. <laughs> it kind of gives you, like, almost like an appreciation for, like, intricate beauty. Mm-hmm. At least the first time. Mm. From what I hear. That's cool. Um... I mean, aside from like the medical benefits, if, if those are proven to be like real. Do you have any other uh, thoughts that you feel the urge to discuss that the world needs to hear? Because this is gonna, we're gonna blow up here one of these days. I just know it. Not podcasts are the future. I'm working on some thoughts, but we'll have to wait until the reunion podcast. Yes, definitely. Um, well, we'll we'll call it. Th- a night with that uh so i hope you enjoyed the podcast keep listening gonna have lots more people on this week um have a good night folks we'll see you next time on surviving sticky situations